Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Nice frizz, dude. Oh, sick frizz, man. Oh, sick. Sick. Nice throw, man. Oh, sick frizz, man. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, July 14th, 2023. This is The Drop, and I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tess Mellis. Hey, podcast listeners. This is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, he throws a cool frizz, JD. (laughs) Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. We love to see it. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Comment away. Go get your No Dunks merch. Everybody knows this by now. Over at NoDunks.com. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, tanks for the summer. On today's drop, we got a lot to get to. I want to jump right into it. We're going to discuss some standouts from NBA Summer League in Vegas. We're going to look at some way too early most improved player odds. <laughs> and uh, you know we'll end with some rapid fire fun. I hope you like cheese. But let's start with Is This News? Is this news? The segment where I give the guys an NBA headline and they tell me whether or not it's newsworthy. Play along, either here on YouTube or you podcast listeners. First one, it's from a little slop from Jake Fisher at Yahoo Sports, who we saw in Summer League. Uh, And uh, the headline we'll go with is, Jazz could have interest in trading for Tyler Hero. Tass Mellis, get us started here on this Friday. Is this news? Not news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Is this, it slop? I guess news. it's slop. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is Danny Agent in the Jazz front office contemplating whether or not they can get an asset and then potentially flipping that asset later on. Just just a buy-low opportunity. So, yeah, I do think that Jake Fisher's reporting is accurate. Mm-hmm. Danny Ainge made a call. He made a call for John Collins a few m- months ago. I guess well, it's not, no, not even that no, long no ago. Weeks. Yeah, it was not a even. few weeks ago. Uh, you know, summertime passes at a different pace <laughs> than, the, yeah. than, than the regular season. Absolutely. So so when they made that John Collins deal, it was a buy-low opportunity for the Utah Jazz. This is the same thing. He's just seeing if there's an opportunity here with the Dame discussions, whether or not he can be that third team. Right. Because Dame and the Heat and Tyler Hero, I think it's going to happen. Who that third team is going to be, I don't think it's the Utah Jets because I don't think this is a scenario like John Collins where he can get somebody for a second-round pick, essentially. I think the cost is going to be too high, but... He's probably making the call anyway. Kicking the tires yeah. on the old hero. Yeah, Fisher wrote, For the Blazers' hopes of finding a multi-team package with Miami, there is optimism among league personnel that Portland will find at least a first-round pick 
from another franchise that's more keen to welcome Tyler Hero. Although outside of early rumblings about Brooklyn and Chicago, the only team even loosely connected as a Hero suitor has been Utah, TK. Um, And like Tass said, uh, or sorry, you didn't say this part, but Jake said they they were talking about Tyler Hero last year when the Donovan Mitchell trades were happening. Hence this. What do you think, though, TK? I'm with Tass. This is not news, and this is barely even slop. This feels Mm -hmm. like leftover slop Mm -hmm. that we found in the trough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we've had such a slop shortage that we need to talk about this because this basically comes down to the Jazz were almost going to get Tyler Hero last year. They've still got a lot of assets. Could they be interested still? Maybe they are, but... I don't see it. He fits the type that the Jazz seem to like from their guards. He's small. He scores a lot. Doesn't really play defense. That's why they drafted Keontae George. That's why they signed Jordan Clarkson to a three-year $55 million deal. So that would be a lot of investment in three similar players to me if they were to bring in Tyler Hero. But like you said, Skeets, Jake says the only team even loosely connected. That there's nothing else out there. This is why we have to lead with this. There's nothing else out there that, yeah. that Tyler Hero could maybe go to the Jazz. It uh, doesn't seem like a fit to me, but, you know, they've got the pieces, and they almost had them before. So that's how we're getting this slot. Uh, go ahead. I guess you can say, as far as John Collins goes, that that was the same scenario. They wanted John Collins a long time ago, and they ended up getting him. A week ago. True. I, I can't believe that was a week ago. That feels like <laughs> it's months. Said months. It was literally July 7th. <laughs> it definitely felt like a previous month. The month of June at the very least. <laughs> nope. Seven uh, days ago. Anyway. I, Wait, I no, 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 no. That, no, it happened longer ago. It had to have happened longer ago. We were in Vegas July 7th. No, we were in, We got on a flight July 8th, right? Oh, no, we got on a flight July 5th. July 5th through 9th. He was not traded well, while we were in why Vegas. Why did you say but July the deal, 7th? The, the deal, deal the transaction. Oh, after the moratorium. Yes, so it's yes. probably more like two weeks ago. Well, Hence why no one can keep track three. of time. In exactly. Summer. I'm going to yep. figure it out. Anyway, uh, John Collins was desired by the Jazz a long time ago. They ended up getting him. So I guess you could say that. But there are other teams tied to this Damian Lillard transaction, but just not within the last little while. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Like, there hasn't been hot slop recently, <laughs> but but obviously the the heater there, the Sixers, are have to be in the discussion. Yeah, here, here's why we're leading with this. Uh, one, because we're desperate, yes. But two, what I find fascinating about this whole Lillard to Miami trade is surrounded or, or is focusing in on Tyler Hero and his value because it's so weird to me um, – that this guy, yes, he signed his four-year, $120 million contract extension with the Heat in October 2022. He plays well. This guy's, you know, averaged over 20 points per game. He's like five boards, four assists, you know, incredible at the free throw line, 44% from the floor. He's a really good three-point shooter at 38%. He feels like a really good player, really young still. But there's this idea, Trey, that's like nobody wants him. It's like, eh, there's not a lot of interest, it feels like in a player such as Tyler Hero, and I think that's just sort of fascinating to me. You can get, you can understand why they, maybe the Blazers don't want him, because they have guys like this, but there's an opportunity, it feels like, for a third team to really sort of steal him, if I'm looking at it like, so, you know, zooming out, in a potential three-way deal here for Tyler Hero, because I think he is a good player. I think he's a good player, too. I'm pro-hero. I would like him on the Bulls. Uh, But there's, like, 15 Tyler Heroes in the NBA. And, unfortunately, this Tyler Hero has already signed his contract. Just like Jordan Poole, another Tyler Hero, already signed his contract. So, 
You want the cheap Tyler Hero. You want Tyrese Maxey. You don't want to pay $30 million for Tyler Hero when you can pay $8 million for Tyrese Maxey. So I think that's the bigger problem, which I listened to your guys' podcast talking about Siakam, why I don't think uh, him signing the extension would be good for his trade value. People are pretty worried about big, long contracts, and that's why this Hero deal is kind of getting in the way here. I think Hero is a better player than Anthony Simons, but I think it's probably easier to trade Tyler Hero than Anthony Simons. Yeah, Danny's kicking the tire for a buy low because Hero's stock has never been lower, it feels like. You have a couple negatives. Obviously, the Heat made a run without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, the contract. And, you know, uh, tertiary is uh, that what was my third point? I had a point about Tyler Hero being the, the tertiary option here. Uh, yeah, just just the fact that uh, there are replaceables, I guess, as Trey said. I mean, the Jazz have two of them. That would be weird uh, for the Jazz to go <laughs> They here. already have two Tyler Heroes. They have Jordan Clarkson. They have a guy performing at Summer League who has been awesome in Keontae George. Yeah. So uh, it's just a buy-low opportunity, but it's a smart buy-low uh, because you're getting a damn good player. For those keeping track, uh, I believe Tyler Hero has removed Miami Heat guard from his Twitter bio. Oh, that, that was weeks ago. <laughs> Hold on, it was months ago. Yeah, that was, years that ago was said on this show years ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he would join a crowded backcourt there in Utah if he does find his way there, like you guys said. Uh, not only Clarkson. By the way, check the uh, numbers for last year between Clarkson and Tyler Hero. Go check Basketball Reference and just compare the players. It's damn near identical. It's wild how similar they are in terms of their production. Uh, but they have Sexton, Abaji. You know, Taylor Horton Tucker plays two and three. Keontae George, obviously, has been great in uh, Vegas. Chris Dunn, I think, is still on the Utah Jazz. I mean, wouldn't worry about that one. No, but there's a lot of. I mean, it's a crowded backcourt still right now. Though you could convince me that Tyler Hero would be the best bunt of the of the bunch there that I just listed. Six or seven guys, I just said. I've seen them have huge games in the NBA Finals. Yeah. yeah. They did make a run without him, uh, but they made a run with him as well. Yeah. And he was instrumental to them going to the bubble uh, finals. All right, let's move on. Next headline. James Harden reiterates trade request despite possible path to reconciliation with the Sixers. TK, is this news? No. Good. I guess this is not news. I want no's uh, for all of these today. This, this is the most interesting thing to me from this entire uh, report from Ramondo Shelburne. She said, this isn't a demand, it's a request. Mm-hmm. What? How are these different? <laughs> Uh, one's a little kinder, I guess. Uh, <laughs> a demand Literally, sounds angrier. A demand sounds angrier. Like you're getting more of a chance of like smashing your hand on the table. Yes. I'm demanding to be traded rather than I request you trade me. Yes. Kind sir. Yes, right. Maybe there's a please in there. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, Harden did show up at the Michael Rubin party. That was a big deal, right? Yep. Joel Embiid was there. Tobias Harris was there. Maury has said he wants Harden back. And Bita said he wants Harden back. So I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a path to reconciliation because James Harden has to play this year. <laughs> he has opted into his contract. He will be an unrestricted free agent for whichever team he's on at the end of this season. Right. And if he wants to get another big deal, he's going to have to perform at least in the regular season and hope for the best um, in, uh, in the postseason. Uh, so I think the Sixers probably have a little more leverage than Harden does because as we found out earlier this summer, months to weeks ago, <laughs> there wasn't any leverage for Harden out there despite all of the various people he tried to talk to. So I think we're just in uh, waiting mode because I think Harden's deal gets done after whatever Lillard deal happens mm-hmm. because he's the more desirable player. Absolutely. And this is not happening until the Lillard trade happens. But yeah, you're trading with uh, or you're dealing with Daryl Moore here and uh, yeah, I think he'll be stubborn enough to wait. 
months and and, and until at least the regular season starts. But um, yeah, it's 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 a half-hearted request. It's a yeah, I want to move, but if if I got to come back, that's fine as well. You honestly <laughs> believe he could play? Yeah. Game one for the Philadelphia 76ers starting next season? I could have believed that James Harden would have gone back to Houston to be on a loser of a team. So, yeah, I, you can believe anything with James Harden, I think. Uh, it's, it's odd and unique, but I don't think it's crazy. Sam Amick of The Athletic, he wrote, uh, Harden's stance has not changed. He still wants to leave Philadelphia. He's still upset with how Maury handled his situation heading into possible free agency last month. And... He's still determined to start next season in a Clippers jersey. Um, you know, and Sam is obviously plugged in, and I think you guys nailed it. This is sort of a waiting on the Lillard part. It's also Maury, yeah, saying, I'm in no rush. Who cares? I mean, I'm going to try and get the most I can get for James Harden. So well, if It's that not means... going to happen now before Lillard yeah, gets dealt. Yeah, so. So, but I do not believe for a second that James Harden will be there at the start of next season. Because... Maury, even though he left before Harden, we've seen Harden sometimes give a not a fuck coming in, you know, basically partying uh, in, I think it was Atlanta here, maybe in Vegas uh, when he was still in the Rockets, when he was done and then basically saying, you know, get me out of here. Uh, he, he, he has no he problem play. doing that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but why would you don't, yeah, fair, but it's one thing like when you're the Philadelphia 76ers with an MVP guy and you're like, have plans or, you know, hopes to like go and compete for a championship. I don't, you don't want to start another season. You've already done this with Ben Simmons for crying out loud to do this again. Just a, it's just a cloud hanging over your franchise that I don't even think you can afford. So I'll be shocked if it doesn't get done before the start of the season. I'm sure he but, wants it to be done. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll see whether it uh, ultimately is uh, the Clippers like Sam Amick is reporting. Anything else on Harden? I mean, we've talked so much about Harden and Lillard at this point. Is there anything new and or just no? Just the, wait the for Dame to go in same. Miami. Yeah. We need we need a team to just like get in the mix for fun. Uh, who who would be an interested? Like, give me lots of teams have done stuff. The Orlando Magic. Just throw your hat in the ring. Okay. Just give us a new package to talk about. <laughs> it's literally all the same players from all the same teams that we've talked about for years at this point because mm-hmm. it's been months, which is years. <laughs> I yeah. get it. Uh, next one, then. Is this news here, guys? Detroit Pistons' Isaiah Stewart agree on a four-year, $64 million extension. Was this newsworthy to Tass Mellis? Oh, you better believe it. Uh, this is a news. <laughs> this, a news. Is a, this is a piece of news. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is a gamble here at, at four and 64. It's 60 plus four in incentives. I guess you can say it's not a huge amount of money to consider it a gamble if you look at the CBA, but it's a deal based on potential Mm -hmm. for sure. He hasn't lived up to this particular contract. So they're looking at his last uh, couple of years and saying he has gotten better and he will continue to do so. He has the work ethic to get better. He is a big man who shoots threes. He is supposed to be the match or, or the, the complement to Jalen Dern in that front court. He's going to be their, their four. He's not a five. He's, he's going to be that four who's supposed to be able to shoot threes. He shot 33% last year, the year before that, and the year before that. But last year, he took a heck of a lot more. So they sh- they're optimistic. But this is just the, the Pistons hoping that one of their big men pan out. They paid Marvin Bagley. Uh, you know, somewhat of a similar three for 37 and a half, you know, 12 and a half hasn't necessarily worked out. They went and traded for James Wiseman. Hope his potential panned out. Hasn't panned out. They hope Jalen Duran will pan out. 
they're trying. Um, and this is another attempt. But we know that uh, either way, Isaiah Stewart is going to be a complimentary player. So it's going to look better if their backcourt and Ivy and Cunningham are, are awesome. Um, but they're they're just hoping that one of these big men really pay off. And then this contract won't look that big. And the last year of the contract, I believe, is a team option too. So it's even a little better from the Pistons side of things. Right. Uh, are you shocked by this? Uh, number here, Trey, or them just extending him in general? Yeah, it's a big number. That's a big number for Isaiah Stewart. Like, they think he can shoot threes, but, I mean, Tess said it, 33% every single season of his career. He is taking more, so that helps, but uh, feels like a backup big man to me. He's going to be 22 at the start of the season, like $16 million a year. That's fine, especially as the cap goes up. There's going to be no problems. I don't think there was a real rush to get this done, but, right. I don't know, you guys ever walk into the kitchen and just like, hey... What are you cooking? The person who's working the stove says, I don't really know yet. That's Troy Weaver. What's he doing? What's he cooking? <laughs> He's got a lot of ingredients. He's, He's got a lot of big ingredients. Yeah. yeah. But He's none got... of his big guys are all that good. He's got... I think their best one is their youngest one, Durin. Like he's yeah. to me is the future. Yeah. So it's weird to me to be paying Bagley, to be paying Isaiah Stewart when it feels like that should be the guy going forward. They're obviously cooking some beef stew, and, <laughs> and they're throwing some Isaiah livers in it to give it a little bit oh, of flavor. Sure. Um, I, I guess one interesting thing, since we're all saying that it's a lot of the similar players that have been in discussion here the last month, Tim Cato reported that the Pistons and Mavs talked about a deal to get Boyan Bogdanovich to Dallas, and mm. that there was some traction there. Uh, but what was interesting is that it would be another big coming back uh, to the Pistons. JaVale McGee. It would be (laughs) Bogdanovich and Killian Hayes, who is not long for Detroit with the way they're drafting a guard, a sasser, and everybody uh, on that team, for JaVale McGee and Tim Hardaway to get another shooter. But they couldn't figure out the the, uh, other parts of the deal, whether there was picks involved, and it sure seems like Bogdanovich will be dealt at some point. I think Weaver will capitalize on that. But, uh, yeah, it's... uh, it's a whole heck of a let's just hope one of these guys pans out in Detroit. Yeah, I'm with you that they are betting here on his growth, his continued, uh, you know, they're hoping at least um, consistency at nailing the three-point shot because he increased his volume to 4.1 attempts last year. But 33% is not good. Um, but, you know, you look at guys, and they were later in their career, so don't get me wrong. Horford, right? When he suddenly had a year where he cranked up his three-point attempts, you know, it wasn't 40%. It was a little bit better than 33%. Same with Brooke Lopez, even, in that first year where suddenly he's letting it fly from deep. It wasn't, again, wasn't wowing you at 40%. It was a little bit better than 33%. So at Beef Stew's age here, they're hoping, yeah, why can't he be above average? He's interesting defensively because he's a little too undersized, right, to guard the opposing big man, the five, and then I don't think he's really athletic enough to sort of guard some of the wings in this league. So he's caught in between a little bit, but a situational five, small ball five, sure, I can see it. But yeah, they have Bogdanovich, they have James Wiseman, Jalen Duran, they're hoping probably is their future five, Marvin Bagley the third, you said there, and then and then Beef Stew here. That is uh, the five bigs on this team. But yeah, it's still affordable. It's And I, I like that last year being a team option. You know, I think that helps it a bit. But he's... He was 11-8 and eight last year, and he started a lot of the games, and then he got injured. Um, but he's very young, so I think they're just hoping with his work ethic that he'll be a, at least a contributing player to this squad. 
better to keep him around and then yeah. figure it out later because they're still very unformed right now. Their best prospect, uh, Cade Cunningham, missed the majority of last season, so they want to see what it all looks like together. This was the craziest piece of the news to me. This is the Pistons' first rookie extension since owner Tom Gores purchased the franchise in 2011. The first for the organization since Jason Maxiel in 2008. Incredible. Yeah. I went and looked back at the Pistons' drafts. Oh, that's dark. Turn off the podcast. Our buddy Grish. <laughs> this is Dark Times. 2020, Killian Hayes. 2019, yep. Sekou Dembouya. 2018, they drafted Bruce Brown in the second round. Traded him for Sadiq Bey, who they traded before he got to his extension. 2017, Luke Kennard, also part of the Sadiq Bey trade. 2016, Henry Ellenson, the only NBA player who's ever looked exactly like Ben Golliver. <laughs> 2015, Stanley Johnson. 2014, Spencer Dinwiddie in the second round. Yep. Not bad. Yep. Not bad. 2013, KCP. They traded him before he got good. 2012, Andre Drummond did get a $100 million deal, right. but he got it as a restricted free agent because they're like, is anybody really going to pay you? They did, so the Pistons ponied up as well. 2011, Brandon Knight, who was traded with Chris Middleton for Brandon Jennings, who was traded before he got to his extension. <laughs> 2010, Greg Monroe. He came back to the Pistons, signed a qualifying offer. Maybe they dodged a bullet there, all things considered. 2009, Austin Day. 2008, DJ White, who they traded for literally nothing. 2007, Rodney Stuckey, the only NBA player who looked exactly like 50 Cent. 2006, no picks. And 2005, Jason Max Seal. Brutal. Oh, it sounds like they've been very patient when it comes to uh, <laughs> growing their own players. Their oh, own draft pick. That oh is, man. Uh, that's a list. There's been a lot of different people in charge in Detroit over the past, uh, what, 18 years? A full senior in high school. So I don't know how many different administrations they've had, but they're all bad at drafting. That's crazy. Asar Thompson looks good, though. <laughs> it's, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, they've been bad. Here. Uh, and it, it's weird. Like James Wiseman is sort of an afterthought on this roster. Marvin Bagley is sort of an afterthought on this roster. They they, they just get guys with the potential that had potential that were drafted number two. Redraft with, guys, yeah, with yeah. the hopes. Uh, and yeah, hopefully Isaiah Stewart isn't that type of guy. But hopefully, I mean, they just need one. They just need one. If one of those guys pans out with Cade. They got a whole Cade yeah. pan, pans out. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, Cade was not playing very well before he got hurt last year. Mm -hmm. Is he going to be a shooter? They need him to be a shooter because Ivy doesn't look like a shooter. Uh, they've obviously got a lot of big guys, and they might be trading their best shooter in Bogdanovich. So this is a big year, I kind of think, for Cade Cunningham. Mm. Killian Hayes is extension eligible, uh, <laughs> but uh, don't hold your breath on, on that one. I wouldn't think they'll be giving him one. Uh, next piece of news here, the NBA to implement flopping penalty and expand the use of the coach challenge. Uh, Trey, let's start with you. I know we've talked about this a little bit already, but uh, is this news now that we know some details about it? Yeah, I suppose this is news. We're going to have uh, some new rules to look at. <laughs> it ain't the up-down report, but I am so down on this. Yeah. I am so down. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. More stoppages, more reviews, and more complaining. The flopping penalty is not going to change anything except for people arguing about whether or not this was a flop. Think about soccer. They give a yellow card for embellishment. Sure. Those guys still flop. People have been flopping in the NBA for 40 years, probably since the NBA started. There was a cover of Sports Illustrated magazine about Bill Lambeer's flopping in 1990. They've tried so many things. People are still going to fall, and refs are still going to fall for it. As for uh, the additional review, it's like, it makes sense. You win one, you get it back. But guess what? Now we have double the reviews yeah. in every single game. So big down for me. What do you think, Tass, on, on either of them? 
Um, do you prefer yeah, one to def- the other? Definitely the uh, the coach's challenge has a little bit more teeth to it. It's going to happen. I mean, w- w- the flopping thing I think is going to be out the door in the first month. I don't think the referees are going to be. Will it last months it. or weeks? <laughs> <laughs> How will it work when the season um, starts? I, this is going to be a half-hearted attempt at the beginning. And the the good the the, the other part of this is if you read into it, oh, referees yeah. won't have to stop play to call a flop. They can wait until the next stop in live action if needed to make the call. So to me, it sounds like it's going to come from up high. Like they're they're not gonna, they're going to see a flop and then wait for three minutes to to whistle it down. It doesn't sound so. Like so to explain that, that's like what they can do now with whether a guy's on the three point line, right? Right. Game continues. Yeah, they make a little. We'll check it. Little uh, whatever. We'll check it later. Hand signal. You know why we'll check it later? Because it's impossible to tell in real time. (laughs) It's impossible to tell if somebody is flopping in real time. That's why nothing is going to happen. And what they do receive is an unsport, a non unsportsmanlike technical foul. That's what will be administered, (laughs) and that means, in layman's terms, not a real technical foul, like a technical foul if you're hanging on the rim or if there's too many players on the floor, so you don't get tossed. Uh, if this is part of your two technical fouls, this is just some extra thing. So it's, the opposing team gets a free throw. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not a tech foul. So it's it's it, it doesn't have teeth. I don't think. I, I think it's too hard to call. Uh, and I think yeah, it, li- like somebody stepping on the uh, on the three point line when you let a shot go. I don't think it's going to come from a referee. Like I think it's going to maybe call from the review center. Hey, you might want to look at this flop. It's extremely egregious. I think they might try and get rid of the wild, wild, wild Chris Paul way over the top mm-hmm. type flops. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's and and the flopping fines still exist, which don't exist. Uh, the, they, that is a rule, but yeah. they don't. They don't. They're imp- still out there. Yeah, it's not implemented at all, and that doesn't deter anything. If you make it even, like, they don't even use that. Even if you made it fifty thousand a flop, that wouldn't deter anything. It's, I it's am. Uh, I'm also terrified of the NBA prod- broadcast when it comes to like uh, discussing the flops and trying to tell us what's happened. Especially if we can go back, it doesn't have to be called right there. Uh, you know, at the at the moment it occurs, and we can get it like when there's a stoppage. Like it's gonna be. It's going to be a mess. I can see it now of the broadcast trying to explain what the hell happened. Why is this team suddenly shooting a free throw? And then they're going to have to go back and show us, but they're going to be confused because this is interesting. Possession will not change, however, and flopping violations can't be directly reviewed by a coach's challenge. They can, however, be added to a call during a review of a different play. Just reading that is confusing. So in practice, maybe it's... it's Well, the challenge part I get, but it's like this... The possession not... Like, I think what could happen here is, I'm posting you up, Tass. I'm light, so you shouldn't be falling <laughs> over, right? But you sell it. And play continues, okay? Play play, con- <laughs> okay, play keeps going on, but yeah, the ref yeah. has noticed that you probably flopped. Or someone in Secaucus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep going. Three plays later, there's a stoppage. And now we're going to go look, I guess, at you and determine whether you did flop. And then we do... So I guess my team is just going to get a free throw, mm-hmm. but it's not like then we keep ball. It'll be whatever had happened after that. We're just then picking up from there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Just peppering yeah. a free throw. So it could still be your ball. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> fun. And I think the NBA's goal there is to not stop the play. Yes, in yes. That, in that it happens during some random break of play. It's a TV timeout. They went and checked during a TV timeout, like they do when you step on the line, and they'll come back and say, "Oh, this egregious flop." 
resulted in a, a free throw. Does it almost make it? Doesn't it make more sense to actually stop when the flop? Stop the flop. Uh, yeah. When it happens, but it's impossible to call. It's just so yeah. hard to call, and that's why I think it's going to come from a review center with the hopes that it doesn't stop play, and then it'll be gone in a month, okay, or so weeks, we'll, we'll or talk. months, or whatever <laughs> yeah. time is. And uh, as for the challenges, are you concerned like Trey is in just terms of there being really another one that they can use just to slow the game a little bit more or no issues with it? Well, the thing is, I I like coaches having that power in a way, but the thing is they're always like 50-50 anyways. Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. So what's the point of giving them a second challenge, you know? I don't know. They sped it up. Yeah, they have. I mean, I don't don't know the percentage exactly, but it sure feels like – they, not, they don't win them all the time, so it's kind of like, what's the point? We'll see. Let's hear from you guys on this one, both the uh, second challenge there, if you get the first one right for the coaches, and this uh, this flopping penalty. Uh, are you a fan of it? Why not give it a go? Let's hear your thoughts. Uh, final piece of Is This News. Oh, wow, JD <laughs> dropping the Canadian anthem. Should we stand? Oh, and the flag and everything. This is beautiful. Okay, so the headline is Jamal Murray and Shea Gilgis Alexander headline Team Canada FIBA roster. Yes, the training camp roster is out tasked for uh, Canada's uh, upcoming FIBA World Cup run. It's Jamal Murray, it's SGA. It's R.J. Barrett. It's Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kelly Olenek, Dwight Powell, Shea Brissett, Corey Joseph. I'll stop there because those are the NBA guys. And then you got a couple scrubs. That's their names. (laughs) That's their names. What about Kevin Pangos? That's right. Zach Eddy. He used to Um, play a little NBA. Zach Eddy will play in the NBA. Excuse me. Um, He'll get play in the NBA. Cannot run. But uh, this is the, the roster... Uh, right now, I mean, there's a lot of names. It'll be dwindled down to 12. But is this news, Tess? This is the best collection of Canadian talent ever assembled. <laughs> of all time! Damn right. That's great news. It's like the, the No Dunks podcast. How? Huh. Best, <laughs> the, best, the best collection of Canadian talent ever assembled. Oh, oh geez. Uh, Did you hear J.D.? insert that organ at the exact right time that wasn't even practiced uh anyway good thing we did that canadian baseball podcast a couple weeks ago jd you had these lower thirds produced that's exactly right. yeah baby anyway yeah jamal murray takes all the headlines but shakles alexander is borderline mvp candidate Mm -hmm. last year only getting better and yeah it's it's a that's a stacked basketball team it's pretty good i mean the backcourt especially it might be the best starting backcourt and maybe in fiba with those two guys um but yeah they need to obviously have a good showing here in the fiba world cup because they want to make the olympics in 2024 and they can qualify by being one of uh the two top seven teams from the americas it's a weird thing how they do this but within this fiba world cup okay follow me there are seven teams from the americas region (laughs) obviously the americans are one of them canada the other one there's five other ones don't ask me to name them, but you got to finish Rico. top two. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems like that. So, <laughs> can, I think. so Mexico, that's the goal yeah. here, and we'll find out whether they can. Um, it's so weird because it's group play, mm-hmm. but you can determine who are the tops, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it'd be nice if Wiggy was there or Shaden Sharp was there, for sure. It's potential that they could maybe be included in Paris if they do qualify, but mm, then right. you get into that whole thing, like, these are the guys that got you there, and you, you, that's, that's an issue. I can understand why, um, but this is a very, very good team. You have to applaud the guys for committing, because this is the whole thing. They're trying to do what America's done. Hey, guys, we need three-year commitments. 
<laughs> to try and build some continuity, to build a team here, uh, because we have all these NBA players, we should be better than we are. And this is a an, an organization that's unfortunately come up short time and time again here. But anyway, Trey, thoughts? Team they got to advance this year. Yeah. They got to get out of the group stage. It's Canada, Latvia, Lebanon, and France. France is advancing. Sure. Uh, so it's basically for me between Canada and Latvia. Maybe that's a problem with Chris Stapps Porzingis because the bigs are definitely the weakness mm-hmm. uh, for Canada. Kelly Olynyk, Dwight Powell, and Zach Eady seem to be the guys. So I guess if uh, Porzingis goes nuts, maybe Latvia has a chance here. But it feels like Canada has a pretty solid chance to at least make it to the knockout round. Yeah, I guess Lou Dort will size up a little bit um, and, and take some fours. But yeah, they're yeah they're lacking in the in the bigs department for sure. Uh, they play France on August 25th. Good stuff. Did you, there's a that's lot. Like, of, that's like that's uh, like hours from now. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple hours. I'm gonna keep running with this. <laughs> um, it, it'll be on you before you know it. August 25th will be here very soon. That's, um, that's true. There's 32 teams in this tournament. That's a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many. Well, seven from the Americas. <laughs> too many. That's too many. Seven from the Americas is a lot. <laughs> Those feel like. And I think they're doing that with the Olympics, too, where there's, they've expanded the field where it's going to be yeah, 32, I, I think, think. I think you're right. Sounds like a lot. But as you said, uh, the, the, they should advance with France, hopefully. It's two teams from each division, each group, each pot, whatever they're calling them. Is it? Is it two teams? Yeah. You're too far. Well, I'm sure I'm looking ahead to this, man. Looking ahead. I'm looking forward to them advancing, hopefully. Yeah, they definitely could uh, could use some bigs. I mean, uh, Canada's done a great job of like the the one, two, and three positions really in growing talent, NBA talent. Because like you said, it no sharp here. You know, Wiggins I know is maybe a three sort of borderline four, maybe a FIBA level. But uh, Benedict Matherin, yeah, Andrew Nemhard. I mean, there's a lot of really really good guards uh, in Canada here. But yeah, need some bigs. <laughs> Trey, can we get you uh, some Canadian uh, citizenship? No. And, no, damn it. No, You've not. already played for Team America. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm on Team America's world squad, but I'm um, I'm just thinking back to Matt Bonner. That guy couldn't even get yeah. Canadian citizenship. Mm, yeah. He was an actual NBA big. Mm. They could use him. Maybe bring back Tristan Thompson. <laughs> oh, yeah. He played in the playoffs. I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, the goal is to uh, obviously go pretty far here, I think, in FIBA World Cup with, with this type of team. Uh, and we'll wait to see what their, their final 12 are. Uh, let's talk a little summer league, guys. It's been a second. My simple question is, who has stood out to you? from Vegas Summer League. And I know we could make this into its whole damn podcast, but we, we won't get to everybody, but who has maybe surprised you or someone you want to talk about deserves some uh, praise here? Well, I didn't know Keontae George had that skill set. He didn't start well in the, the Utah Summer League, and then uh, he looks a lot like Jordan Clarkson. Like He can fire away, uh, and then he can take it to the rack. He had 39 through two games. Uh, he, yeah. I mean, he is the Jordan Clarkson replacement on that team. And uh, he got injured at the end of it, but uh, I think the, the the MRIs, all the, the X-rays were negative. So, yeah. yeah, he can get to the rim, but he's also ready to fire. He looks uh, like a very, very skilled player, number 16 out of Baylor. So they got to be happy with that. We can. I'll just start there because – I don't want to name everyone quite yet. No, he looks he looks good. I mean, when you see him play, he does feel like he can sort of do a bit of everything uh, in terms of like shooting the three, getting to the rim, like you said, looks comfortable in the pick and roll, hits guys, you know, cutting through the lane. 
disappointing the ankle injury because it like maybe he was on his way to winning potentially like a summer league MVP. I think he had talked about it being like sort of like one of his early goals here. And I know the Jazz were doing really well here too, but they've shut him down. But yeah, he definitely impressed. What about you, Trey? Yeah, Keontae George is definitely good. A couple of guys that we haven't talked about yet who I think have been impressive is Asur Thompson. That guy looks pretty solid. Uh, obviously, Amen out went out with an injury, but Asur has still been playing. 12, 8, 4 assists, a couple of steals, a couple of blocks. Incredible athlete. He's shooting 16% from three. People said, watch out for the jumper. That's going to be uh, the yeah. next step uh, for both of the Thompson twins, but I thought he's been pretty solid. And Jordan Walsh for the Celtics as a deeper cut has been really, really good. 18 points, five rebounds, a couple assists, a steal, shooting good percentages. Looks like he'll probably play uh, for the Celtics. You know, they replaced basically Grant Williams with Chris Stapps Porzingis. They still got some need for minutes out on the wing, I would have to imagine. I could see Walsh getting some minutes, but my biggest uh, summer league hot take takeaway Chet Holmgren is going to win Rookie of the Year. Okay. He's going to do it because we've already heard Zach Lowe speculating about uh, Victor Wembenyama being load managed. He wants to play in the Olympics next year. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of games to play for a rookie. So I would not be surprised if he is near the 65-game limit. Chet's going to play a ton. That guy's still going in summer league because he sat out for an entire season, and he is dominating. He looks like a second-year player. Because he is, technically, but he's still going to be eligible for Rookie of the Year. So hold me to this in months, literal months, when we're making our picks. I'm going to take Chet. Okay. I mean, look, it be an, could be a nice little race between Chet, Scoot, Weminyama, If And you're right, I had forgotten about you got to play the 65 games now. I yep. forgot that uh, also goes for the rookies, mm-hmm. uh, which is, now that I think about it, you know, I don't mind it, but it's sort of like a little, a little shocking. Um, it is a lot of games. Yeah, it is. Um, but what do you, uh, what well, do you Ch- think about yeah, that? I take? Lo- yeah, I love Chet uh, with with Shea and with Josh Giddy. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. They didn't have really a pick and roll guy uh, last year, and and he will be rolling. He will be popping. Uh, he is going to be a focus uh, mm-hmm. for those for those guards. They're going to be excited to play with that dude. And obviously, defensively, he's really stood out at summer league. Looks bigger. Um, so hopefully, hopefully he can keep that up um, because in that way, it's his first season in terms of just games played and, and you know having the physical endurance. So hopefully he'll be all right. Another guy who is big and looks big and, and was supposed to be like a Draymond Green prototype, Jarris Walker with the Pacers, and he's doing that. Uh, he is, you could see him, the, the dribble handoffs that Draymond Green gets and then just a straight line drives or breaking up offensive plays, just, just, just totally busting them up with a, a great – block or a or a steal like he's a five by five guy waiting to happen right uh so looking forward to watching him uh the one like sort of like big picture i've thought about in the summer league action that we either saw when we were live or you know just watching highlights in some of the games here back in atlanta in the in the top 10 let's say there are a lot of like defensive disruptors i would say both the thompson twins are of that you know, sort of ilk. I mean, the, the, you're hoping that the uh, offensive game, especially the shooting, will come around. But the same can be said, I think, for Anthony Black, who is uh, I thought been pretty well, uh, pretty solid for for the Magic. Obviously, their pick. He's great defensively. Like he is smart. Bilal Kulabali, same thing. Uh, but it's just going to be like all these guys. Like they can play defense. Like you could put them out there right now, and they're not going to get lost. But yeah, can they hit a shot? And can like because teams are going to start leaving them and sagging under pick and rolls and saying, "Come on, shoot away, man!" Like, what are you going to do? So that'll you know that's just going to be their development. And but defensively, man, some of these guys are awesome already. I think. Yeah, offense is the question. Yeah, and 
Another question is, will Jordan Poole or Kyle Kuzma pass the ball to Bilal Koulibaly? Will he have a, <laughs> uh, a shot at making a shot? But he, uh, yeah, he's uh, lots of guys are showing some some great stuff. We saw Kobe Bufkin uh, make that game winner. Game winner, yeah. Uh, looks like he's you know got body control. Anyway, it's uh, it's been a fun summer league for that. Also, a fun nickname, Chet GPT. I like it. <laughs> Looks like he was made in a lab. <laughs> Ignatius okay. Roberto coming coming through in the stream team. Chet GPT. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, we know we know Shay likes his social media. I don't know. There's something. There's something there. Uh, anyone else you wanted to talk about? I mean, some of the second year guys. I mean, not surprised. Like Jamari Smith Jr. Too good for summer league. Dominant yeah. and yeah, I mean this is this happens every year. Yeah. Where you see them play a game or two, and you're like, eh, yep. <laughs> they yeah. were an NBA guy. They know what they're doing and, and have gotten better for sure. Uh but anyone else you wanted to toss in here? Nah, we talked about those guys earlier. I guess Marjan Bochamp. It's interesting that he's been playing pretty well. Um, because the Bucks are a team that is lacking in youth mm. and athleticism, and he is like their big upside swing, kind of like when uh the Nuggets took Michael Porter Jr., despite the knowledge of his back injury, like this guy could raise our ceiling in the future. I think the same is probably true what the Bucks are hoping from Bochamp. Like if they're able to get a guy who was, you know, like one of the highest recruited players when he was a high school player and he somehow blossoms once he gets to the NBA, that would be a huge find for them. So the fact that he's playing pretty well in year two, I think is encouraging. Yeah. All right, let's hear from everybody out there. Like I said, lots of names uh, that I'm sure you're upset we haven't talked about, but you tell us, uh, you know, who we're missing there and in, in regards to summer league standouts. Because I wanted to slip this in. Uh, odds are out for most improved player of the year. The list is very long. I think there was like 100 names. We've <laughs> Shouldn't it be every player? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, we've only included uh, anyone with, you know, 20 to 1 odds here. But the list for you podcast listeners, Jordan Poole is the favorite to win MIP, most improved, 7 to 1 odds, followed very closely there by Mikhail Bridges. Then it's Shengun, Austin Reeves, both of those guys at 14 to 1. Cade Cunningham, 16 to 1. Scotty Barnes, 18 to 1. And then three guys at 20 to 1. Josh Giddy, Paolo Bancaro, and uh, Shaden Sharp there, our good old Canadian. Play the music again. But um, yeah. And, and then, like I said, a million guys after this, but this shock you at all? Jordan Poole makes sense. You think it should be someone else's favorite? What do you think, Tess? He had the best odds last year, too, didn't he? Did he? Uh, uh, really? <laughs> or was that sixth man? Maybe it was sixth man mm. I'm thinking of. But, uh, I mean, I could see Poole winning this thing. I think it's less about improving his game and, and more about improving his image. I think that's what it would be. Because he, is, uh, he could be the, the winner of this because he's a scorer. Last year, I, I think we, it's easy to sort of forget that he was a 24-point-per-game guy as a starter. And so yeah. his numbers will jump no matter what. Um, will they be efficient enough? Will will the Wizards win enough? Because I think that's part of improving the image. But, yeah, mm-hmm. he was a 20-point-per-game guy overall because he mostly came off the bench. So I think Poole's got a good shot. And Shaden Sharp, I think, has a, a really good shot as well because he's growing uh, as, a, as a player and he's going to have opportunity, it, it sure feels like, uh, with the Blazers. And he's so focused on winning the most improved player that he's not playing for Team Canada. Uh, he is just uh, – I, I think he's got the – the package. And so he's ready. He also won't go in the slam dunk contest because he's so focused on the second half last year. Uh, he's ready to get better, I think. Trey, who would you be uh, zeroing in on here for MIP? I think the smart pick on here is Mikhail Bridges. He's barely not the favorite with Jordan Poole. Yeah. Uh, and I think that 
when you just look at his splits last year, 17 a game with Phoenix and then 26 a game with Brooklyn. Yeah. He's going to be knocking on the door of an all-star berth, which is a good way to win most improved player these days. Yep. But further down, the guy I would actually pick is Paolo Boncaro. I think he could be an all-star this year. Uh, I'm really bullish on this guy. And at 20-1, to 1, he's still the best player on the Magic. They were really solid in the second half of the season last year. Who knows how much of that is real? Um, but I do think the Magic are getting better. And Paolo coming off a rookie of the year, that'd be pretty weird <laughs> to win yeah. rookie of the year, yeah. followed by most improved. <laughs> that, that's that's gonna, tough. That'll be his biggest obstacle. The yeah, but if he makes the All-Star game, averages 25 a game, I think he's in the mix. Yeah, I like the Bridges pick if I had to put money on anyone. I guess I also have a bet with one of you. Is it you or is it you about who's going to score more on the Wizards, Poole or Kuzma? I can't oh, remember. Yeah, I think it was, it was me, you. Yeah. Um, so I would lean towards Bridges because the way this award's been going, Trey, you nailed it. It's like that jump to, oh, wow, you're an All-Star. And especially in your first, <laughs> hey now, you're hey an all-star. Uh, the smash mouth most improved player yeah. in the NBA. And I think Bridges has a great chance to be one, as he showed when he went over to Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, I would lean into this guy. I mean, if he's averaging 25 and maybe the Nets are still solid like they you know, held on last year, then yeah, he would probably win this. But <laughs> I guess if Poole's scoring, I don't know, 29 a game, uh, that's going to look good in some eyes of the voters, but... You tell us who you got for way too early. No love for Scotty Barnes. Player. No, no, I don't. He's getting the ball a lot. Darko's yeah. hooking him up. That's true. That's true. Uh, I... Eighteen to one. He did it smart. He won Rookie of the Year. Then he had a the, struggle yeah, mode in the yeah, year too. So yeah. now he can become the most improved player. It's uh, kind of like the Julius Randle method. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when you look at this list that we had, it's like who. Who played the most poorly or who whose rep took the biggest hit? Poole was a great one, Poole, which is why he's sure. the favorite. Maybe Cade is there because obviously he's the unknown. injured in the unknown. And then probably it's Scotty in terms of like having a disappointing year uh, in his second season. Yeah. Because the other guys like, you know, feels like, you know, they're respected. Reeves and Shingun and Giddy for sure. And, and Paolo won uh, Rookie of the Year. So it's a tough one. Always a difficult, difficult prediction when we get to it. Yeah, that's, that, that's why I, I didn't pick Bridges because I already have him in sort of in my eyes. He's already up there in star level, but as far as yeah, the the general NBA, I'm sure he he isn't quite yet. So yeah, he could he could easily pot 25 like he did when he was with Brooklyn and Scotty. I wonder if Scotty scores enough, even though he'll have the ball in his hands mm-hmm. to win this thing. But he will improve this year. That's for sure. How much does he improve the Raptors? Is the real key component there to his chances if there's if they shock a lot of people and are back to being you know a 50 plus win team 55 wins then and, and he's and he's the lead point guard or the lead ball handler then yeah i could definitely see a case for him and if God, there was i hope a, so yeah if there was a most improved vibes it could be the raptors if he's smiling again <laughs> most increased vibes uh higher vibes than last year scotty could get the the benefit of the doubt there or or get all the the credit for it it's nba playoffs time and that means nba snack time i can't stop eating while i'm watching so many options in my house that i gotta cut out a bit i gotta switch it up but i know i'm not giving up sunflower seeds sure but maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation perhaps good thought here's a breath of fresh air fume fume takes your habit and simply makes it better healthier and more enjoyable Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. 
Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let's start wrapping up this drop podcast with some rapid fire fun. I got the questions. You guys got the answers. First one. During a recent panel organized by the NBA, Jerry West discussed the difference that he sees in the league today and the overall competitiveness of its players. While most athletes embrace the dog mentality, Jerry West, he took it a step further, saying, quote, I was not afraid. Everyone talks about being a dog. Well, I was a wolf. I used to eat dogs. End quote. Bars from Jerry West there. Pretty good. But I wanted to know, what are you most competitive at, Pass? <laughs> I used to eat dogs. Um, I will say the NYT spelling bee. I always got to get to genus before I turn it off. Okay. There's, there's no way I turn it off. I, I shut it down. I'll stay in bed all night. Uh, I don't care. I love it. I don't care. And generally do. Yeah, sometimes don't, for sure. Sometimes I do not. Sometimes they're just damn hard. Um, but I try. All I right. Try. You ever get uh, to Queen Bee status? You get every single word? Oh, no. I don't think I've ever done that. Special unlocked level. Oh. I've, only, I've only done it once. We do it every single night as well. You're talking about the one where there's the letter in the middle and it's like the little hexagon or whatever that yeah. is. Yeah, okay, that is fun. Queen yeah. B, huh? Yeah. Queen B. Okay. That's a great one. Oh, man, Spelling Bee is awesome. Mm. Everybody wanted to talk about Wordle and Spelling Bee was better the entire time. Oh, <laughs> man. Who knew? Yeah. Um, thing I'm most competitive at right now, I've had to actually change my life because uh, once upon a time, I heard JD telling his young son, this must have been more than 10 years ago, Trey is very competitive. <laughs> I did not want to be known as that. Oh, so I've had to tamp not? it down. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just getting older, man. I don't. I want to be mellow. It was meant as a compliment. Yeah, but you don't want to be a temper boy. I want to be a temper. Boy. <laughs> yeah, but you want to be competitive. Sometimes I'm a temper boy. <laughs> and honestly, I'm still very competitive. Uh, number one most competitive thing these days: playing tennis with Laura. Ooh. Mm. Because we're all we're pretty even. Like she has more skills than I do. Like she takes lessons. She knows how to do stuff. But my advantage is I don't care if I get hurt. 
She's like, I'm not going to sprain an ankle uh, playing tennis. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I will sprain an ankle if it means I beat you. And guess who's undefeated so far? Ooh. Look at you. I thought she was going to beat me the first time we played this year. So did she. But. I mean, you rallied? Yeah. Came back? Yes. Oh, nice. Yes, nice. of course. Well, what, what do you play? Just one set? Do you play two sets? Uh, best of seven, usually. I mean, we play four. I mean, that's what it is. In men's, right? In men's singles, you got to win four. You got to win five. No, no, I don't know. Three. Best of five. Yeah, best of five. So you got to win three. You guys are like, I guess I'm just too competitive. Super, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, JD, what about you? What are you most competitive at? Um, I don't get to do it often, but go-karting. With kids, <laughs> I have to win. I have to be in the front. Interesting. I have to pass people. You to, you're a better driver than children. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there are some places here in Atlanta that actually keeps keep track, you know, pardon the pun, but <laughs> when you're going around and you, you'll see your results, and I have to be the number one. But or what, what if you get a shitty cart? Has that ever happened to you? Yes, of course. But and no, I'm no a, excuses. I'm a big fat guy I get racing against kids, like yeah. little kids, but I still have to be number one. Like You uh, dirty out there on the track? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Cut everybody off. I don't, <laughs> I'm like out, Trey, yeah. actually. I don't care if I get hurt. Everybody else is, <laughs> I don't know about this, but I will fly off the track if I have to. Man, great answers, guys. You know, sometimes you write these questions, you're like, ah, I don't know. You never know. What are we going to get out of this one? It's knocked it out of the park. All three great answers. Uh, next one here. Burger King in Thailand has introduced a burger with 20 slices of American cheese. Yes, 20. No meat. It's called the real cheeseburger. Here's a picture of this Whopper fart meal for all of you joining us on YouTube. Uh, and... For you podcast listeners, just imagine uh, two pieces of bun from a burger and 20 <laughs> slices of American cheese in the middle. It's crazy looking. I, I'm not still 100% convinced this is real, yeah. but Ugh. I want to know, what's a personal menu hack, either from a restaurant that you ask for or at home, uh, that you swear by? I hated a cheese sandwich when it was one piece of American <laughs> cheese on bread. Um, I... I don't know if this is a hack. I eat my fajitas separately. Like I, I uh, it's a deconstructed. Oh, okay. Fajita. Okay. Like I, I will never. I don't like wrapping them. I like tasting every sautéed part, every piece of. Uh, I go to Superica, a local spot here. You know, Tex-Mex type stuff. Yeah. But good stuff. Um, and and I, yeah, it's tastier. But I you will- taste every part. The sour creme. <laughs> That part separately. Every part separately. But you will hold on at the restaurant. Would you <laughs> order? Would you order yes. the fajita and they then good take cream. it apart? Or are you just getting a bowl version? No, it's or... like you know how you get served at a restaurant. They're already separated. No, they're already separated. Oh, I and see. I, just I won't... see. And you just I got gotcha. you. You're not gonna make it. The, yeah. Basically, okay. Yeah. Yes. It's a non-constructed. A non-constructed. Fajita. No, that's a yeah. better way to put it. Okay. Do you eat the tortilla? By Some, itself? Yeah, not usually. Okay, okay. Sometimes. Tortillas, you know. I know you've been making them with bacon fat. You've been making them with bacon fat? Gotta use lard, yeah. That's yeah. so good. Mm. Yeah. I always thought that restaurant was called Sup, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Sup. Uh, personal menu hack. Uh, okay. Yeah, poor man's nachos. Chips, shredded cheese, 
sriracha, throw it in the microwave for 42 seconds. You're eating it at 1130 at night. <laughs> oh, <that is laughs> definitely a poor man's version yes, of that. That's like the very bottom of the barrel of something you could consider nachos. It has cheese, it has sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but even the microwave part, yeah. like, oh, some oh, yeah. people at least put it in the oven. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. When I go for the rich man's shows. <laughs> like, it's not the King's Crown nachos, okay? But yeah. the rich man's shows, that's going in the oven. That's well prepared. This is a... Uh, this is, how are we getting through the second half of the late game tonight? Yeah. I'm throwing a bunch of chips on this plate. <laughs> Doesn't matter what size they are. The, the worst part, though, is if you let it go a little too long and, the, like, the cheese gets stuck to the plate. Yeah. When yeah. it turns from <laughs> cheese to, like, shellac. How does that happen? You can't it's, go too deep. Uh, <laughs> have you always wondered when you've done this? Because I've done that, too, uh, a number of times. Isn't the smarter way to do it really just to warm up the cheese and have, like, a dipping cheese and then oh, we yeah, can sure, then sure, use sure. our chips a dipping cheese yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that some... little queso no doubt uh <laughs> serve that at uh, yeah, but, America. yeah you got it the cheese pull the cheese pulls yeah here. i know it I feels know. so good uh jd what's your menu hack i mean i don't know if anybody does this i've never heard of anybody do this but i'm sure it's very common you've heard of peanut butter and jam or jelly yeah yes <laughs> right. and you've heard of nutella right yeah i like if I'm ha very rarely, if I'm having toast with Nutella, crunchy peanut butter layer underneath. Underneath. Nobody does this. Okay, so you're putting the peanut butter. So peanut with butter, Nutella. and then yeah, no, I'm putting the N Nutella over the crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, it's peanut butter peanut. It's like Reese's. It's like a '70s Reese's peanut butter cups commercial. But nobody, I've never heard anybody do this. It, which is a little shocking. Yeah. Because those are be two of like the most famous more, yeah. flavors. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. But <laughs> I'm telling you, go home and try it. Do you think it's important that the peanut butter is the base and then the Nutella on top, or does it matter? It's, I do, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, because okay. It, the uh, the Nutella is creamier and easier to spread yeah. over. And I, I prefer a crunchy peanut butter. Right, right. So. You're not team smooth. Hell no. Okay. All right, great hacks. <laughs> Everybody try those... Uh, <laughs> little uh, items there from the guys. Final one. Uh, it took a little longer than expected, but I think it's safe to say that we've all recovered from NBA Summer League. We had a blast out there. I want to know, besides the meet and greet with some of the best fans in the world, what was your favorite part about this year's trip to Vegas? It could be basketball related. It could not be. You can go anywhere you want. Um, mine is basketball related, but also not. Jaden Ivey, Pistons guard, was chilling in the same pool as us. <laughs> mm. That just really elevated my pool experience. Uh, for Jaden Ivey to be in the same pool, just to recognize it as that good of a pool. Yeah, you know? sure, like, sure. Like a basketball player who could choose any pool in the world. He could have a private pool. Um, he's choosing this you pool. You could choose any pool in the world, but you're yeah. here with us. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Shared water with Jaden Ivey. All right. Yep. I'm with you. That was exciting. Uh, yeah, I also loved that we inducted a couple of new Bamboo Boys. Yeah. Uh, Jerome joined us at the pool. Yep. Uh, obviously, Jaden Ivey, he's a Bamboo Boy now. Uh, our buddy Will. And I think I wasn't there, but are you guys willing to consider Zach Harper a Bamboo Boy as it was, well? It was quick. It was brief. Okay. But he was there with us at the pool. He's he in. I got no problem with that. He is 100% in. Hell, Jason Quick, too. Sure. I mean, we're <laughs> if you're in the pool with us when we're all, all there, right. you're in the Bamboo Boys. Great. We got a 10-man rotation then. Awesome. We got, you know, the four of us. We got Matt. We got Lee. And now we're adding Jerome, Will, Zach, and Jason Quick. Of course. <laughs> so a 10-man rotation uh, for the Bamboo Boys. Uh, favorite part about this year's trip, I feel like we ate awesome. 
This yeah, year. better than we normally do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We were trying a great variety of foods. We yep. found a couple of food halls, which seemed to be a new thing going around in Vegas. And then we yeah. had an incredible meal at Best Friend Ooh. at the Park MGM. Uh, I was telling some people about our trip, uh, and people were like, you went to Best Friend? Roy, Roy Choi? <laughs> yeah. Roy Choi and us, Bamboo Boys, we are best friends. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend that Very place good. in Vegas. Very good. Uh, great vibe, fun scene, and the food was phenomenal. Uh, JD, take us home here. What was your favorite part? Uh, it was trip? right off the bat. Um, we had a very difficult time getting there. Uh, <laughs> our plane broke down. We went to Memphis. Uh, we got very lucky with the rebook. Anyways, that's not the story. We get to the hotel. We're sitting in the bar. And Fred Katz comes in hot. He sits next to us. Hot cats. <laughs> and he spends about 20 minutes breaking down his top five fruits. Yep. It was incredible. Yeah. I, I have never met anyone so passionate about fruit. No. No, he loves fruit. Fruit it was like He was saying, like, he was talking a big fruit game. Yeah. Right? But then we were like, hold game. on. You know, we're going to... I asked, like, a million questions. Yeah. Because I was like, how how really into fruit are you? <laughs> very, very. Blew me away, yeah. Well, he was late coming to the, the bar because he was arranging his fruit in a bowl <laughs> that he had picked up from Whole Foods <laughs> before he got, like, from the airport to, he pulled a Lee yeah. Ellis, a, the airport Whole Foods yeah. hotel, yeah. and he had so much fruit, he, did, he was, like, emptying potted plants <laughs> to throw his mangoes and, uh, what well, actually, mango, he didn't like no, mangoes. That guy, that guy said pluots. Yeah. <laughs> pluots, a berries. A plurality of times. <laughs> he put them in his ice bucket. As, yeah, uh, but... As yeah. A, a deck, I think... It was. It was also. It was, he loved him so much. He made it a decorative item. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Sprucing up the place <laughs> was he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, were his top three? Yeah, uh, uh, the top three, I believe, were berries. Like. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Rasp- he had yeah raspberry, raspberry very one. high, and I love raspberries, and even I was like, that's too high, yeah, man. Too high. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of berries up there. Well, he just like. He was going away from the OG fruit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No. Just like okay, I get it. You want to be no exotic, classics. but. An Sonic apple's an raspberry. apple, man. He, 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 he was, was talking trash about apples. He was straight That's up to slamming That's apples. That's insane. <laughs> After That's all in- they've done, the guy lives in the big apple? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he had a lot of caveats like, are we talking eating raw? Are we, yeah. are we baking with them? Are <laughs> we going to ask right away, raw apples? <laughs> it's true. I mean, you would ask him a question about fruit, and he would have three other questions back oh, to you. Oh, totally. So, I yeah. mean, he's a he's, reporter. He's, he's a hardcore. Yeah. So. Shout out to Katz. All right, so that was your favorite part of Vegas. <laughs> Talking to Fred Katz about fruit. Well, a lot of favorite parts, but that just uh, <laughs> stuck it. to me. That's well, cool. I mean, to, to stick with the uh, favorite parts in Vegas involving Fred Katz, I did enjoy Trey Kirby and Fred Katz. At, at one particular uh, athletic meet and greet, the two of them basically having a yelling match about Harry Potter characters <laughs> and whether I guess Fred Cat's whole thing was Harry Potter is the worst character in Harry Potter, mm. and he was Team Snape. Is yeah. that right? Uh, I believe he started out saying nobody <laughs> reads Harry Potter for Harry Potter; they mm. read it for Snape. Yeah, yeah, uh, and Trey. Yeah, okay, that's bold. Uh, Trey took offense to it, but I it was said like, it ain't called Severus Snape in yeah. the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> there were some great points made from both sides, though. It was a, it was a fun debate. That uh, was good. Going on. It was good. I mean, we're in the early dog days of summer, but in the later dog days of summer, we're gonna have to go full podcast, totally. full cats cast. Oh, cat days. <laughs> in the, the cat, when the dog the cat, days the turn to the cats days. days. We're in the dog days of summer, but when it's cats days, 
The pluots will fall we'll, from the trees. We will have them on Fred Katz to talk. Maybe some NBA, but a whole lot of <laughs> Harry Potter and fruit. You can lock that in. All right, that's rapid fire. Great job, guys, as always. Uh, we'll call it there. That's the week for us, but we'll be back next week. I did see that uh, some of these sports books have started releasing their over-under team totals. Could be some content there. Obviously, uh, dissecting those, looking at some of the numbers, going, hmm, how'd they get to that? Some of the teams are off the board, though, still, <laughs> wisely. They're like, I don't know. What do we do with the Sixers? <laughs> what do we do with the Heat? We don't even know who the hell's going to be on the teams. But we could do that next week. We'll be back with a few shows, what I'm getting at. So make sure you subscribe to No Dunks uh, wherever you download and listen to podcasts. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. And you YouTube uh, watchers, make sure you subscribe. You can even hit that little bell button, that notification, so you know when we're going live. Because, look, in theory, especially when a Damian Lillard trade goes down, uh, hopefully we can jump on and immediately react to uh, whoever this third team is that gets involved in Tyler Hero. So thanks for joining us here. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Until next week, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, subscribe, but also drop your top five fruits. Very interested. Wherever you're listening, hit us up. Top five fruits. Race the weekend, people. Race the weekend, people.